Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Suzanne Harris, and my listeners get the story behind every book. There is a very special woman joining me today. Her name is Carol Meyer, and she's here to talk about her autobiography, Carol, Unlocking the Secrets. Now, Carol Meyer is truly an interesting and very multifaceted person. Why do you hear this? She's an English teacher with a master's degree in education and English as a second language. She also writes, in addition to her autobiography, she writes romantic historical novels, children's books, and music lyrics. But not only that, her hobbies include studying alternative medicine, piano, and photography. And wait for it, her pastimes include reading novels, and here's the big one, renovating real estate. Carol, it is such a pleasure to welcome you to Books on Air. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. You know, I I have to say that my brain is absolutely exploding with ideas and questions because your book is so interesting. And when I started to read it, you just hooked me right away. And most of the time, when I'm thinking about books, I think about the two stories that books have. They have a story that the reader gets, that the, the author or the writer gives to the, the person who's going to read the book. But there's always that second story behind the book. Now, an autobiography is different because it's such a very personal, personal book. And I'm curious. What made you decide to share your story with everyone? Well, I'm sharing some things, but some things have been left unpublished. Okay. (laughs) Just so you know that. Okay, good. Uh, I am sharing it because the book talks about the obstacles that I've had to go through in my life from the time I was very little until around 1972. And it also demonstrates that there can be hope in the world if you go through some problems that you can be inspired to try again, to do better. And that's why I've written the book to uncover some of my secrets and some of my obstacles and offer hope to those that need hope in their life. That's often one of the reasons that authors will write a book. There is an experience, a life experience for them, either a positive or a negative, and they feel that urge to share their story. And as I as I pulled up the book on Amazon, one of the first things that struck me was the beautiful illustration that you've used on the cover. And I know that your daughter drew that. Tell me a little bit about that, how that all happened. Well, I, I was looking for a cover, and I, I looked through pictures that my daughter had created when she was at St. Olaf's College. 
And this one just seemed to fit Carol unlocking her secrets. It just seemed like the woman was thinking. And uh, my daughter drew this picture uh, with chalk. So I ended up thanking my daughter and and uh, adding the, adding her picture to the cover. I just think it's exquisite. She has so much talent. It's just, I actually thought it was a, a drawing of you. Oh, no. <laughs> it does it's look like you. It's just a woman that came, uh, that was created out of my daughter's mind. Well, she's so talented. It's just beautiful. And right away, I think that gets the reader's attention. And when I started to read the book, there was one thing that really jumped out at me that I want to read and share with the listeners. It's a special thank you to my paper dolls of the silver screen for providing me with their invisible friendship and hours of entertainment so I didn't have to feel alone anymore. Bridget Bardot, Doug Doris Day, Rita Hayworth, Audrey Hepburn, Grace Kelly, Gina Lola Brigida, which is a great name to be able to say, Jane Mansfield, (laughs) Marilyn Monroe, Kim Novak, Debbie Reynolds, Elizabeth Taylor, Raquel Welch, Natalie Wood, and last but not least, Loretta Young. People of a certain age, when they hear that list of actresses, actors, as it were, immediately have pictures of those individuals come into their mind. How did these women help you get through your childhood? I love that. I just had to share that. Uh, Paper dolls were my friends uh, as I sat on a really hot floor in in a porch of our house. So I didn't have to help with the business, my dad's business. I would play with the paper dolls and uh, dress them and just imagine myself with these paper dolls. And so for me, it was such an integral part of growing up for me to play with the paper dolls. And if I ever got more paper dolls, I was so excited. I I couldn't even believe it. Uh, One more thing is that, you you know, the Hollywood Walk of Fame? Mm -hmm. I, I did contact the people there about my book, and they did talk about my book. And um, I wanted them to know about how I really loved the people on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. You know, I think so many of us of a certain age were influenced by those names that we just read plus others. But I did that, too. I did Paper Dolls as well. You and I share a lot of commonalities, which is kind of interesting. We're, but yeah, we're both former English teachers, and uh, it's just we had so much fun talking offline before we came on. I almost wish like, I, that I had that I had the microphone on because we had such a great time. Right. The dedication to your children in the front of the book is quite poignant, and there was another thing that jumped out at me. You went to California, and 
your kids took lessons from Mark Spitz. Is that right? The coach. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Wow. Well, my connection with Mark Spitz is that um, there was a, a man or a kid who was in college at the same time I was here in, in Texas, and his name was Doug Russell. Doug Russell and Mark Spitz competed against each other in the Mexico City Olympic Games, and Doug beat Mark Spitz in the 100-meter fly. And so when I read Mark Spitz's name in this introduction, I immediately went back to that summer in Mexico City, and I thought, Wow, I can't believe the coincidences because there are so many coincidences that you and I have talked mm-hmm. about. But I, I, I want to really get you to give an overview and some examples from your book because when I started to read the very first page, um, I just saw you. I saw a little six-year-old you, and there you were, and it felt like you were trapped in such an uncomfortable, awful situation. Tell our our listeners a little bit about what you say in the book, especially at the very beginning, and how it sort of flows and unrolls. Well, it was unfortunate that I was born left-handed, for one thing. Uh, My teacher in first grade did not think that was appropriate. So she did everything she could to change me to be right-handed. And because of the stress from that teacher, I started to stutter. And the stuttering got so bad that my mom and dad took me to therapists and um, doctors and I decided at that point that I wouldn't talk anymore, and I didn't. Wow. You're right. I, I, I'm not, I never was left-handed, but back then, for some reason, that was a stigma, and they thought everyone should write with their right hand, and if you didn't, they tried to change you. My husband experienced some of the same things when he was in school because he is left-handed as well. And I loved it that in the book you quote all of the positives about being left-handed. I, I liked it that you focused on that piece. You've got some research that you have inserted into the book when you talk about some of the issues that you dealt with personally as a child, you've put in some research to explain the thinking and to explain what was going on. I I really liked that about the book because it gave it not only the smack of someone's personal story, but it represents sort of an era, and you demonstrated the thinking that was going on in education in that era and how when I I was reading it, we're both educators, I thought, oh, my gosh, things have changed so much, thank goodness. Yes, (laughs) that's for sure. You have other books. You You write children's books. You write historical romance novels. You write songs. 
how did you get involved in writing in the per- first place? Did you were you a child and a teacher said good job when you had an, handed in an assignment, or um, how did you get started in this in the first place? Well, I started by loving books when the teachers at Washington School threw the books out the window. And that was the way they got rid of their things back then. And so there was a mountain of books, and I brought them up to my my bedroom and started actually trying to teach other little neighborhood kids from the books. Wow. <laughs> that's so you that's were, really how it started. You were a teacher and at an then, early age. <laughs> teacher at an yeah. early age. Yeah. And then in seventh grade, uh, I took a creative writing class. And my mom and I decided that we would start writing. So my mom and I learned how to write creatively. And she has some of her writing and poetry in my book. At that time, my teacher thought that I was very creative, and that's really how I started. You know, so often that's exactly how somebody starts, is that a teacher will recognize that spark. They'll see it. They recognize it. I I know I have. I've seen in my students' writing, there's so much not good writing out there when you start grading papers and all that stuff and you've had to do writing assignments because you're trying to get them to think about things. Occasionally, all of a sudden, you'll start to read something and you think, oh, my gosh, this kid can write. And (laughs) I'm so glad that that teacher encouraged you and recognized Mm -hmm. your creative spirit and nurtured it. Mm-hmm. Yep, definitely. How did you start writing children's books? I always think children's authors are very special because not only do they have to come up with an idea, but they have to come up with an idea that will interest kids, and they have to put it in such a way that it's fun for them at the same time. I, I just think children's book authors are amazing. Wow, well... <laughs> Sadie Scruggs' Ladybugs came from a dream. It actually, it it was um, born of a dream. Uh, Jack's Puddles came from watching children in puddles. And being that I was a former science teacher, I wondered what could they look for and what could they do in a puddle? And so that's how that one came about. Uh, There's another one called Holes, and there was a little baby that was looking, putting his finger in these little holes of my (laughs) radiator, (laughs) and and that's how I I got that title, but then someone else decided Holes would make a good title for another book, so they they actually made a book from that. So those are some of the ways that... I've gotten books. See, that's create that's that creative mind at work. 
that wonderful creative brain. When you see something that's going on, all of a sudden your brain begins creating things around it. I love talking Mm -hmm. to writers because of that wonderful brain that you have. There's a part, I think, that you want to share from Carol unlocking her secrets that you'd like to share with our listeners. Let's go ahead and do that. Okay. The Farewell. It's Chapter 30. Carol thought about what the ambassador said upon farewell. Let me know when you have children. I'll be their godfather. However, when she had two children, she called the United Nations in New York to find out his whereabouts. He had already returned to South America and couldn't be located. Before Carol left Manhattan, the ambassador wrote this poem for her in English and Spanish. His tears welled up as he presented her with this framed poetry. He placed his sentimental gift in her hands as he kissed her gently on the cheek for the very last time. She never heard from him again, only the romantic poem remains. Ecstasy. Carol, you're in my caresses and I in your desires. Carol, woman with soul, creature and angel. Our lives are all an ecstasy of love combining silence. And the restless soul lighting the flame, the light of a new dream. There you will be as Venus Aphrodite, goddess of love forever, signed Ambassador, New York. Wow. What a fabulous romantic poem. And after all these yeah. years, you've, you've kept it and you put it in the book and shared it with us. Thank you. I did. I did. It's so you, something that is unforgettable. Well, you've immortalized him as well because you've immortalized him in print and he's immortalized you both in his poem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carol, you and I could talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. I mean, there are so many things that we could talk about. My brain just explodes with ideas and, and questions for you. I know that our listeners must be feeling some of those same things because this is a truly terrific book, and I want them to know where they can find it. So let me tell them about how to get it on Amazon. Now, if you've never worked with Amazon, if you've never purchased a book from Amazon, it's very, very easy. All you have to do is put the word Amazon almost in your browser. You could put www.amazon.com if you want to, and then click on it. It will take you right to that homepage. Now, the homepage can be a little intimidating. I know the first time I looked at it, I thought, whoa, there's so much stuff. The thing that you're looking for is just an empty, long, rectangular box. It's sort of a light gray, sort of beige. Here's the name of Carol's book. Now, it's spelled slightly differently, so listen carefully. The title, the first word is Carol, and it's spelled K-A-R-Y-L, colon, Unlocking Her Secrets by Carol, K-A-R-Y-L, Meyer, M-A-I-E-R. 
put that in, click on it, and you'll see the beautiful book cover that we were just talking about. That's the the illustration, the, the, the portrait that was done by Melissa. It, it will just reach out and grab you. It is so beautiful and so well done. And you can buy the Kindle version. You can buy paperback. You can do hardback. You can get it on Amazon. But if you don't want to go to Amazon, Carol, what should they do if they want to try to buy it somewhere else? Just Google it. Yeah, I did that, and it's all over Google. I mean, if you just put in the name of the book or even just put in Carol Meyer, you'll find all kinds of places that are that are keeping her books right now, and you'll find some of the other books as well. Now, what about your website? I know that it's under construction right now. You've been having some problems with it. What will the address be when it gets itself put together? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it it was put together, but it it somehow uh, needs work now. It will be carolunlockinghersecrets.com. And what will they find when they go to that website? They'll find the book, and they'll find some sample pages that they can turn. Uh, They'll be able to purchase it. They'll be able to go to Amazon for it also. Uh, it will tell you how many pages are in the book. It will tell me tell you a little bit about me. It might show some pictures of me. And um, you'll really get a synopsis of the book. And I'm also working on audio. So I'm hoping to get an audio, audible vision version. Okay. Perfect. That's a great idea. So many people now are listening to audio books. Now, I know you're on LinkedIn. How could they find you on LinkedIn? I believe it's at Carol Meyer, K-A-R-Y-L-M-A-I-E-R. Are you doing any of the other social media platforms? Uh, Mainly just Facebook. How could they find you on Facebook? Just Carol Meyer? Uh-huh. K-A-R-Y-L-M-A-I-E-R. Well, I know that our listeners will get a copy of this book and that they'll start to read it. And I want us to talk about one last thing because I know that every author's work is important to them and an autobiography, in my mind, is very special because you're sharing your part of your life and you're sort of, in a way, bearing your soul for people to read and, and learn about your own life. And yours was difficult. And if any of our listeners are struggling with some issues in their own life, I think reading your book would be very helpful. And when they become that reader, and they sit down, and they read the book, and they come to that last page, which is that beautiful poem, and they read it again, and they close the back cover either electronically or physically. Is there a bottom line message? Is there something that you want the reader to take away with themselves after they read your book? Uh, On the back of the book, it says, Determined to truly live the life she craves, Carol fights on. Carol explores and illustrates one woman's ability to overcome incredible obstacles and turn them into 
overwhelming achievements all in one lifetime. I would like people to read the book because we're all carols. All of my experiences are similar to other people's experiences. All in one lifetime to overcome the obstacles that were presented. And to know that there's someone out there that has overcome some tremendous obstacles to be as successful and as articulate and as intelligent as you are, and no stutter in sight, by the way. I'm so glad. This has just been, number one, a real pleasure for me to talk to you, and you're such an excellent writer. I think that anyone who can write a broad spectrum of books, from going from a children's book to romance books to uh, an autobiography like this is an extraordinary writer. You really have a way with language. Your your visual language is compelling. And I want to thank you not only for sharing your story with us, but for being my guest today on Books on Air. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you. Thank you so much. Now remember, you can find Carol, spelled K-A-R-Y-L, Unlocking Her Secrets, on Amazon. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast, brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. I'm Suzanne Harris, and I hope you'll please join me for my next Books on Air podcast, because remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening.